Welcome listeners to the latest episode of Untangled, the podcast where we untangle corporate compliance challenges and turn them into opportunity. Today we're joined by Andre, Jim and Stephanie. Guys, with the announcement in the UK that we'll soon have driverless cars hurtling down our motorways and the effect that this may have on the employment of lorry drivers and taxi drivers, I've been considering what does the future hold for our profession? Will compliance professionals be replaced by robots? But to start maybe on a more positive note, my question is, how have you seen technology help compliance professionals? Jim, can you help me out? Um, I think the, the one that's most uh, readily used by me and my team would be around analytics and the use of uh, advanced analytics techniques to essentially bring about efficiency, efficiency within the, the compliance program more generally. Um, and then within our team, how we actually use our resources. And the example I would I would give is that we can use data to more readily identify where we may need to have a, a compliance uh, interaction, let's call it, be that a catch or correct. We see something potentially going wrong. Um, somebody following a pattern of behavior through transactions that um, we've seen previously that's consistent with um, misconduct and whether or not there's an opportunity to provide some extra training, for example. Um, I suppose the other area would be around automating of processes. And I think that's certainly outside of compliance, a widely accepted use of technology. But then within compliance as well, um, thinking of any reporting obligations that companies might have and how we can better uh, monitor transactions to ensure that less mistakes are made, data that we disclose is, is more accurate, uh, but also to remove the burden on people who, whose day job it is uh, is not really at process. And that's two examples, at least. And Stephanie, can you give us some examples, maybe, uh, where you've seen technology work? Yeah, I mean, building on, on what Jim said about automation of process, and obviously it's not unique to compliance, but where I've seen the use of technology work best actually has been around providing quite small and simple um, solutions to discrete problems or to, to discrete um, processes or activities with, within the business. Um, so one really good one that, that's been developing over the last few years um, in, in the pharmaceutical space, obviously, which is, which is where we're all working, is the, the calculation of sort of fair market value. So you know, how much you can pay people when they, when they provide certain services to you. Because there's a very clear purpose to what you're trying to achieve. There's a very well-defined audience. And what you're doing is creating some kind of tool that makes it very easy for people to get uh, consistent information um, very, very simply. And it's a, it's a very repeatable process. So it's very easy in that sense to automate. So that works really well. Another example that's um, a little bit more recent that, that I've been using is the creation of interactive PDF documents. So again, a lot of what we need to communicate about within compliance and ethics is about uh, processes, but sometimes there's terminology that needs explaining. So there's a lot that kind of goes around the periphery of giving somebody um, the information they need in order to make a decision. So the creation of something like an interactive PDF enables people to sort of self-navigate around the information that they need based on, you know, different start points. It's not, it's not a linear sort of approach to them obtaining the information. So things like that, I think, have, have also worked uh, really well. They're simple, they're, they're small, but they're, they're generally much um, much more powerful than the effort put into uh, developing them. So good bang for your buck. 
And um, Andre, what about what, what what about you? Have you have you got some good examples you can share? Well, from my perspective, I'm I'm I I do believe in technology, and in the same way, like technology will change everyone's life. I think it will change the life of compliance profession. As I was uh, looking at different companies uh, through uh, interviewing people or, or working there, uh, I I couldn't help but notice a striking example where. There was a comparable business size at the country level, and in one company they've employed ten compliance managers of a junior level to do that document processing on how to engage a doctor, how to manage the fair market value, how to set up the contract, and it was a service to the business that was managed by an individual. In another company of the same size, they invested into the software where the business could insert exactly the same details directly into the system. The system would create an agreement with the doctor on the approved template with all the right clauses within the fair market value range that has been decided by the company. And the business received a sort of a printout, uh, very usable, very user-friendly, and pretty much automatic. And while you do have much more effort that needs to be put in advance in getting the technology solution right, in the long run, you no longer need 10 people to run it. And I, I just feel that there will be quite a few processes which are currently integral to the compliance function, and that's done by individuals that uh, eventually will be superseded by a superior organism. So I mean, this reminds me a bit of the industrial revolution, I suppose, where we lost those craft uh, wheel makers to Henry Ford's mass production. Okay, so is it all sorted? Have we is technology uh, in place now that will um, solve everything? Have you ever been overpromised a uh, solution, but maybe found it to be wanting? Yeah, definitely, and that's where I think the challenge was many was many consulting companies. That uh, that come to pharma or to any other industry and say, well, we have this perfect software that we've just designed, and it's gonna be uh, uh, compliance in the box, or it will help you to run the compliance program on your fingertips, and you don't really need to do anything. Um, I've I've been through a few projects where that was clear overpromise. But I guess it's not the, the challenge of the technology, it's more the, the challenge of the design uh, that's uh, not always comparable with the realities of how the business operates. Because there are some things that you can, uh, you can put into the process flow relatively easy, and I know, HCP contracting process, I think it, it's one of them. When you start talking about things that are a bit more complex, like compliance governance and how to run a compliance committee and how to manage other aspects of the compliance program, uh, the technology I, I is the solution, but not at that level at the moment. Or requires... I suppose do we have a do we have a solution without a problem there? I mean, what's what's the problem yeah. that you're trying to solve? I think it just requires so much customization and tailoring potentially that it becomes so much unique to the particular customer or a function or a business that it's very difficult to just make it plug and play. 
so definitely the the hurdle with uh, with the technology solutions that they're on the market, in my experience. Uh, and Jim, as you sit in your ivory tower and analyze and pour over data to look for interventions, again, do you see, um, do you ever get overpromised big data for your kind of role? Yeah, look, I mean, I think I think there's lots of different things that that people talk a good game about, and we're not quite there yet. Um, yeah, so so one example would be an analytics provider coming in and promising the world and then not being completely open about the, what the world really meant, which was that there was going to be lots of false positives and that we would need a whole team to be able to identify those and then circle back to their their data team so that they could then update the algorithms and then there'd be another whole round of false positives. And ultimately, it wasn't really doing a great deal. It was. I think the problem is people try and do too much too quickly and they're not not stopping and thinking, well, what are we really trying to achieve? What problem are we solving and who is it, who's it for? So I think that's one of the things, and and I think you know, as, as Stephanie Andre mentioned, it's, it's often there's a disconnect between the service provider and the people they're trying to provide a service for, and there's also an element of uh, companies trying to make circles fit in square holes. So just because something works in the banking sector doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work in healthcare. Uh, the risks are very different. There's 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 too much subjectivity relevant to the context you're going to deploy a solution in. So I suppose that's one thing. The other thing as well is uh, like taking outside of standard analytics and then thinking more of the, the niche things like, let's say, sentiment analysis. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have, have, have worked a great deal with that, but in social media, when you're thinking about, say, executive protections, you're thinking about risks to your CEOs or your C-suite generally, sentiment al analysis is quite helpful. It can uh, it, it can help to tech potential threats to them or their families um, based on what people are saying on, on social media. Problem then comes is that those same companies who do a good job there say, oh, well, we can come and help you find other problems with sentiment analysis, let's say in, in your emails. So we can, we can screen your emails and we can detect whether people have malicious intent against the company or are thinking about engaging in misconduct. Proactively, that's not such a great thing because it's quite invasive. It's quite intrusive. You're often acting without any real um uh reason um so it's not necessarily proportionate and necessary in a reactive capacity again it generates lots of false positives and you can end up sort of very very deep in the weeds with something that really wasn't well thought through and i think it, it comes back to defining the problem um first and then seeing whether or not analytics or any form of data um processing is, is the right approach or actually sometimes just thinking it through yourself can can come up with quite a good simple approach and, and and that does help too one thing i was thinking as well though that i've never really explored yet in our world and stephanie it's about this interactive pdfs thing we see chatbots being used more and more as like customer service when we think about some of the work that we do in compliance particularly in you know the more country lead type roles where they're supporting the business and they're answering questions is there scope for chatbots to to almost take and triage questions because there will be a, a list of standard questions we get and if we could design a decision tree that may prompt some answers and then if it can't then it pushes to a real human i know it loses but personal personal contact but but what would people thought thoughts be there oh i love the idea of a chatbot i'm i'm all for it and actually it's on my it's on my list uh, you know when i eventually have some time and resources to get around to it because it, i think 
I think it's absolutely the kind of tool that we should create to answer those very routine, simple questions that help people just to find information. So, you know, how, how do I do X? Well, you do X by going here and having a look and, you know, simple things that point people towards where to find stuff or that have very simple questions like, you know, what's the maximum that I can pay for a meal for a doctor in Spain, for example. Very easy to program, you know, something to give you that answer. Obviously it has limitations. It's only as good as the data that goes into it. And I, you know, I think you'd want to avoid making it try and answer complex questions. But if it can, if it can shift that bulk of really easy, repetitive questions that all of us in compliance get from our employee bases, then, you know, it means we can spend more time focusing on the, the more complex areas and, and then that sort of that human um, interaction element between compliance and the business is spent, you know, in the, in the really high value activities. So it feels like with that question, we're moving towards the near future, you know, where we will have maybe chat bots. What, what are the kind of technologies are you seeing that we may encounter in the future? that could help compliance professionals like ourselves. Andre, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think chatbots is something that any reasonable compliance officer would be considering building as the next step because it just takes off the routine. I, I've seen a bit of a pilot where it was addressing a particular problem, prog- problem which is uh, compliance onboarding. So it was a simple chatbot that was accessible for all new starters uh, to help them navigate where the documents are, what are the basic questions, who they need to talk to in legal or compliance or elsewhere. And uh, very simple tool to build, uh, very straightforward implementation, probably saved hundreds of hours. Um, So I think on that interaction with uh, employees or sales level employees there is definitely solutions like that that can be uh, that can deliver custom user experience you know, whether it's good we call it a chatbot or interactive pdf or anything that makes a life of a person easier uh, i think from the control standpoint uh, i i believe that we are very on the edge of getting automated uh, monitorings and trackers implemented into TME systems and maybe even email traffic. Those systems exist already, but they will be much more uh, uh, automated in the sense of chasing the individual to do the correct decision or to manage things that were done wrong. The the other aspects are all going to learning management systems, right? They'd send you a weekly reminder and your your manager a weekly reminder when the training is overdue. Um, those things will will be a normal part of everyone's life, uh, but they probably need to do something more than just sending an email. So I think all, all the aspects that, that relate to trying to simplify routine tasks uh, we're probably one, two years away from them becoming uh, just a common sense and uh, requiring less and less involvement from compliance managers. Uh, but the, the strategic software solutions, they are, they are still quite uh, 
well, quite underdeveloped or require customization. I think we, we, we focused and understandably, because I think this is where the world is at at the moment, we focus a lot on data and the, 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 the way we process data and, and transactions, and that's natural. But, um, you know, I worked in a, in a technology company and was kind of exposed to what AI can do on its own if you teach it right and looking at things around composing music, making videos. And we're all familiar with deep fakes, but actually there is some value in, in, in the artistic creativity that these machines can, can produce. And then you also think artwork. And for me, a, a real opportunity that if I was, if I was in a, consult, a big consultancy with lots of money looking at where the future was, I'd be looking at training. I'd be saying, look, these are all the problems with training that companies are not getting right. I'd be teaching a big machine to understand how people function and learn and absorb information. And I'd be producing training that you can simply go in and say, this is the subject matter, this is the company, this is the region, and it would produce something. That's where I would like to, I mean, it, this isn't happening next week, but if I was in a consultancy, that's where I'd probably be focusing my efforts because I think that's where there's a real needs. I, I just want, I mean, on that point, Jim, then can you envisage in the near future investigations where the human is being interviewed by some kind of neural network AI um no i think the, the the reason that training springs to mind is that there's there's elements of and i'm not talking about replacing all training i suppose there's some clarity that i need to bring to that i'm thinking about your e-learning and that type of thing where there's a lot of time and investment spent both in terms of creative studios and people coming up with new content where machines may be able to replicate that on at, at on mass, leaving us in the compliance world to actually focus on those face-to-face -face situations, those more specific targeted type situations. So, yeah. yeah, and that's that's on what I wanted to pick up on that point. I I think another aspect of why it's so imminent is accessibility, because I think historically it required pretty expensive um, software. It required some people who knew how to code. At the moment, uh, there is so much free software solutions where you can just type up, type up the text and make it audible. And you may even choose whether you want to hear it in American English or Eastern European English or, or proper English. And that suddenly becomes a proper voice. Or even voiceover. not in English. Yeah, or even not in English. capabilities as well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, at the moment, it's so easy to create that uh, animated PowerPoint or, or Scrum file or, or whatever other or technology. Or podcast, exactly. Uh, that, that wasn't so um, on, on, the on the fingertips a couple of years ago. And I think that will also, uh, the shadow element of... Uh, technology that uh, filters through everyone's life, which will make its, uh, uh, well, its population much, much quicker and much easier. And, and another aspect is just the, the well, the generational change. And I, I'm still with, uh, with the background where I got my first laptop, I think, in, in late school or university. Uh, now kids and young professionals, they live through this technology all their life. So when they will be designing the 
the next generation of training and compliance program, it, it will have technology built in by default. It will not be an add-on that we are now trying to bring into this conversation. Okay. You mean you weren't coding at the age of four? No, no. Oh, okay. I was there on my Acorn Electron and BBC Micro, which for UK audiences <laughs> may have there some There on my Commodore 64 and then realized oh. how much that ages me, so... You, you were posh. They, they were the expensive ones. Okay, so good. So I'm hearing kind of certainly where we are currently, we, we, we can use simple uh, technology. That's maybe where it's, it's best. There are elements of um, analytics coming through, certainly. Um, we can see how in some countries they can really help from a human resources point of view, reduce uh, the uh, financial exposure. Uh, but often we're finding solutions with no problems. So we really need to understand the problem statement, uh, the audience, the use case. And that requires experience, obviously, in corporate compliance as well. In the near future, again, um, it sounds very much like the Internet of Things, where things are built in automatically. Um, I, I really am interested to understand where NLP processes will come in uh, for things like interviews or whistleblowing reports. Or other things as well but we're not there yet i i can i can give you a theory alex because i just sure. I just i was just thinking about it so we're discussing recently uh the context of right is right training where people potentially uh write things that are challenging like incentive or opportunity or bribe or quid pro quo in into their emails uh, and uh, you can potentially create a neural network or NLP or, or some kind of coding solution that will just uh, uh, replace that intent into something more appropriate. When I now People do that my... anyway, don't they, Andrew? Yeah, I don't think anyone calls then... a bribe a bribe. They call it cake or they call it a gift or... Exactly, but even even that even that is potentially detectable, and you can figure out the underlying meaning. But when I type my Gmail emails at the moment, the, there is already a solution that offers me to make fewer mistakes, right? It, and sometimes it now offers a synonym to what I want to say that would be more appropriate in the in the natural English environment. I'm, I'm clearly not a native speaker, so what I wonder if in the future there will be a counter-compliance offering to fight the, the regulatory expectations that would say, well, you can write whatever you want to write as the CEO of the company, but we're, we're going to create this AI in the background that will make that message absolutely compliant from all regulatory standpoints. And that's... Uh... It might make the message compliant. It wouldn't necessarily make the action compliant. No, and I can imagine Red Queen effects would mean that the regulators themselves would then ask to see all of those uh, inbuilt uh, programs and how they've been coded and what the script says for those. But very so interesting really thoughts. Uh, exactly, and what's and you may ask for audit trails and all sorts. Very interesting discussion. I think certainly it shows how it can technology can be used at the moment. You know, it has incredible potential. I hear all the time how it's at an inflection point where it may start to deliver on some of these promises. I suppose the time is now for us all to improve our education when it comes to things around artificial intelligence and others. But bearing in mind what you've said, for now, let's, let's see how we can identify the problems and use this technology in a very simple but effective 
bang for your buck way. So thank you all for your time contributing to this podcast. And obviously, listeners, please feel free to educate ourselves as well on how you have seen technology used effectively. Thank you very much for your time and see you next time.